Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome to, today, to today's show, everyone. Have you ever wondered what an architect does and how they do it? Well, you're about to find out. I have Danielle Berwick on the show today, and she is an award-winning architect who has practiced internationally and currently has her own firm here in the Vancouver area. She is fascinated by the craft of making inventive spaces for people to use in both the residential and commercial arenas. So welcome to the show, Danielle, and thank you so much for your time. I know you have a very, very busy schedule. Hi. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right in. What do architects do exactly? <laughs> well, it's, it's a funny question, but um, I think the, the place to start with that is it, it, it really is a role of a generalist. So, uh, you know, what we have in the construction industry is so many specialists, which are key to the projects, but, but architects really have a vision and are, are sort of leading a collaborative team of people that are specialists in all kinds of areas, lighting, fireplaces, um, art, uh, flooring, you know, all, all of the things, components that go into the project, but, but how those sort of overlap, I think is, is really important. You know, when the plumbing sort of hits a fireplace and hits a, you know, it, all those things, all those systems and how they all, all get integrated are, are a, a big part of, um, of what we do. And then um, there's a lot of prioritizing, I think, that, that, that happens Construction's pretty complicated. I think people, you know, they, they don't know that. They kind of get excited about their ideas and they don't know the implications of, you know, when you put in a sink, uh, you need electrical for the garburetor or, you know, <laughs> that's a simple little example, but um, th there's a lot of prioritizing that happens. Uh, you know, you're gonna get, you're, you're gonna have a hundred ideas and you need to kind of narrow that down. Um, so, so I think that's a big part of, architecture as well. Um, and then, you know, on a personal note, uh, what what I think is really exciting about it is, is giving people places that have lots of light and um, are inspiring that make you want to be in that in that place, you know, uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's, a big like, opportunity. Um, there's the, the, the form of the building has to function. That's a lot of where you, you guys come in as, a, as an architect. But also how all of the different elements that create that form and create that space, how they all integrate together. And yeah. when we're talking about, like you're saying, all the different systems, you know, whether it's an HVAC system, plumbing system, electrical system, um, you know, maybe like a gas fireplace or you know something along that line. That yeah. you know, all of these things have to be placed and integrated into the home. And you can't have a plumbing stack running through the middle of you know the living room, for instance, when you have a master suite above or what have you. So you know, some of it becomes down to. A little bit of space planning some of it comes down to um you know making the spaces feel like you say light and bright and livable um it's sort of how i sort of contextualize what architects do they sort of helped it with the form of what's going on there and yeah. then the finishing aspects you know for materials and all that kind of stuff then i'm sure you guys can have some input into that as well depending on who the client is um so, but also then somebody would maybe look to a designer for that. So what do you sort of feel the role of a 
architect versus designer would be uh, <laughs> in well i mean it's a it's a I should say first of all, there's a lot of incredible designers out there. So, so you know, I mean, that's you know, not to say anything about about those amazing designers, but I think the training of an architect is is really about problem solving. Um, so, so it's not just aesthetic, which I think designers sort of focus a bit more on that. Yeah, that realm. I would, I would agree. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a blend of science and art that goes. <laughs> that, that kind of uh, melds together uh, with with a whole team. So it's yeah, it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you say when you say team, um, you know, I I often will talk about this with with clients as well, and saying like, look, it, it takes a a small army to have a execute, <laughs> you know, your your vision or what you want from a you know a new build even and and through to a renovation type of thing because you know there's not one person that does every single thing. That happens to make that that space appear the way you want it. Um, so I often say, like you know, if, if you know your your contractor and your architect and maybe your interior designer, if we can all come together as like the key people on the project, and we can all have you know, uh, and of course the homeowners. <laughs> 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 Too bad, homeowner, you're not allowed to have a say in what happens here. <laughs> um, no, really, uh, you know, I think it becomes a better project when it's more collaborative. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well, is that, you know, a lot of the time it's not a, a one person only type of hero situation that makes this thing happen. It, it really is a collaborative process. And I love to hear that, you, that you're on the same page as, as me on that. Um, so when a, a client is engaging with you, with you as an architect or another architect, what, what should they be prepared uh, to do uh, to begin that conversation? What is it sort of that you would typically want them to bring to you and beyond just hey we want to renovate this like, do, <laughs> well, <laughs> like be be excited about the project i think communication is the key you know because you really need to um you know even have a list or a spreadsheet but like a, a, a really be able to say what your needs and your wants are um and and not sort of leave that out i mean i think people sort of have that in their mind but they don't necessarily talk about that till further down the road but the sooner you can kind of hear oh I've always wanted this bathroom with this kind of thing or you know any of the the things you really want um to to start to incorporate those and then and then also to be aware that you know of the hundred things on your list you're probably gonna get 10 you know <laughs> which is which you know is a hard reality but but again it's about prioritizing those things so um, and then, and then, of course, some idea of a budget. Yeah, well, <laughs> helps everybody. Um, well, I mean, the budget's a funny thing in that um, a lot of people don't even know how much anything costs, like from material yeah. standpoint as well as the labor standpoint. So, we've had people wildly, like, super, yeah. super low. Oh, this whole thing should cost like you know some nominal amount. Or somebody who's come in and said, "Well, I think this thing is going to cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars," and really, it, it it's not. So. It, Sometimes I think the budget um, conversation is uh, one to get out of the, like bring up right away so that we can set better expectations yeah. around I certain think, things. I mean, back to the idea of why have an architect involved, you know, um, I, I think you need an advocate of somebody that kind of knows what all those prices are. You know, even when you're brainstorming before any anything even happens to kind of get that on paper and say hey what is this worth because i think a lot of people especially in renovations they're they're, they're getting quotes from 
you know, one quote from one window guy and another quote that's like three times <laughs> the cost and they don't, they don't know. And if they, you know, if they don't have somebody advocating for all those different numbers, you know, it's, it's, it's really tricky. It's really tricky. Yeah, no, I, um, especially on something that's a lot larger of a renovation, um, you know, the way I kind of think about it too is that like, you know, you probably don't need an architect for a really basic kitchen cabinets out, kitchen cabinets in kind of thing, like, you know, a designer or even like a, a competent um, contractor can probably get you through that with fairly easily, even getting drawings into the city and all that kind of stuff for permitting. But I think the, the real gem of having an architect for me anyway, on board for, uh, you know, some projects is that if we're doing a, an extension or we're, you know, raising a roof or, you know, any of those sorts of things to be able to um, meld the the existing structure with the new one and some of those transition details between the old structure and the new as I think also where uh, our architects really do uh, shine <laughs> you know <laughs> because like all, all of that sort of like where you say like this the the science and the art come together and to try and transition from like that old to new I think is a really um, interesting thing for someone to think about and a lot of people don't understand the construction methods and how to be best do that with your your roof and all, all the you know those construction details are going to go or you know some of the fascia boards or you know I can't have a window here because this is going to cross in the front of it and you know all that kind of stuff I think that's a lot of um, where the lay people or just the regular homeowner they don't understand all of that and I think that's where um, having an architect on board is just a really great thing and then of course understanding sort of where some of those costs would lay um for something that's a lot larger of a renovation because you know again like now we're talking major construction we're talking footings and foundations and you know roof lines and you know all that kind of thing and i think um having you know a really good qualified professional on it um is really valuable so i think that's that's an important part too i think i've seen a lot of jobs too where where you sort of uh, homeowners maybe miss opportunities you know they're thinking really practically about something that they need like an extra bedroom or you know and and when when they're they've been thinking about that one little detail and then suddenly now we do need footings or we do need to uh, go to the city anyways to to get the permit well then now maybe there's an opportunity for like a breakfast nook or you know yeah. you can incorporate all kinds of other things that that is a a, a bigger vision uh yeah, so it can it can be you know once you once you kind of allow yourself to dream about those things you know you can really with the same sort of same project you can yeah do, yeah do some pretty neat things so yeah for sure um, so when you're working with a client uh, how much input really do they have because you're saying well you know here I had this strong thought or vision of this thing and then like you know the architect brings in maybe another sort of point of view or a thought um, you know some people I know are are kind of fearful around architects because they're, you know, the perception is that many of them are like ego driven and it's like my way to the highway <laughs> and, you know, like they're going to, going to escalate my thing and it's not going to be what I want. And, you know, like, right. I, I think that's, I mean, it's, maybe there are some architects that are like that, but that's not been my experience. Do you sort of feel like some people are a bit leery about how much input they have when they first start talking to you? Um, well, I'm, I'm a pretty collaborative person. So for me, no, but I, I completely understand the, the hesitancy <laughs> um, uh, because there, you know, there, there's lots of lots of people that get that reputation <laughs> for a reason. Um, I, I, I think you, can, you really can't do a project without a, a great client. I mean, I think that's what I'd say about that. 
you know, even the architects who, who you may think they, they, they talk that way, <laughs> they, they couldn't have done it without it, without a great client. So I, I think it's, you know, it's really about uh, having a really good relationship and, and talking about all that stuff right from the beginning and um, uh, just bringing it all to the table, I think, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think too, like often people, sometimes depending on who they are and you know all, all whole bunch of psychology uh, thrown in there sometimes people are, are actually really res resistant to actually saying what they want so sometimes yeah. it's just like we need to give them the platform in order to to do that and to be able to dream a little bit bigger than maybe the confines of what you know they they think they're allowed to have and I think that's yeah. a really great thing that all architects also bring is that here you know we can bring a bigger vision to this um, and I think course. people homeowners or or clients in any you know commercial job too they they are they sometimes focus on trying to solve how do, how are we going to make this work uh, mm -hmm. rather than thinking about what they want and yeah. i think it's really important to think a bit more generally about like we want this much space for this sort of function and not to worry about how are we going to do that you know because that that's kind of what architects do so that you don't it, it, then it becomes more collaborative when you're when you're thinking about sort of the more general rules and 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 not and I think it becomes more functional too you know so you're wasting less hallway space or less circulation space stuff like that so right yeah for sure so um, I mean everybody's going to have a slightly different process but what is the sort of high level process of working with uh, with an architect sort of how does that how does that look, what does that look like or how does that work. Well, the beginning's the beginning's the most exciting part, and I and I'd say too that um, people tend to want to get into the construction really quickly, um, and that spending a bit more time at the beginning is really going to save you money um, and save you time and everything in the future because you you know if you're changing something on a job site, it's a lot more difficult than on paper. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so to be able to visualize, you know, what does this space look like, and then later on to be able to. You know, when you're standing in the room to say, "Oh, we've got to move that window," is a, a much, <laughs> much more complicated than yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so to spend a bit of time up front um, in in the sort of initial stages is is important. Anyway, um, with the process, though, um, so then you get into the schematic design and um, kind of pin down uh, where where the project uh, generally where the program goes. So, what where the rooms are and how that all functions. And then, um, and then, as you develop the project through design development, you get into uh, the permitting and construction documents, and uh, then bidding for different quotes on different aspects of the project, and then uh, construction begins. So, it's a uh, it's sort of a five or six step process through the through yeah. the whole. Yeah. So I I, um, I don't know if you do this, but I do know that there are some architects that actually help to project manage um a, a project mm -hmm. as opposed to uh like a general contractor managing the project is that something that you know you do a lot of or that you your peers do a lot of um i've not i've not had that experience usually it's just like here's the drawings here's the package off you go and then you know somebody will check in a little bit just to make sure that you know it's all going well um yeah. but do you find that you, you are asked to sort of project manage things yeah absolutely yeah i mean it really depends on the team uh sometimes we do that more than others and i mean i like to be involved right through to the you know i do a lot of interior design as well so 
then you're sort of on site talking about materials while the while the building's getting built. So then you're kind of following through on site anyways. Um, right. But it but it's it's different every time. <laughs> yeah. So like there's there's no um, yeah. hard and fast rule to it. But I know that some yeah. people like to just kind of wash their hands of it. Other people really do want to yeah um, walk through to the to the end. And I think sometimes people um, clients or homeowners they don't always know who who's gonna who's gonna manage the show here like who, who do they need to look for and to, and to hire and all that kind of stuff so I think um, it's good for people to know that you know an arch architect can do that you know uh, you know sometimes interior designers like to do that and then other times you know you look to your your general contractor to take on that role and the, with their team but um, yeah. generally there's a, a few different options in there and it's good for people to understand that they do have that yeah. Choice. And of course, no matter what choice you go with, there is sort of that natural consequence of how, um, you know, people's management styles are and all that kind of thing. So um, it's good to have a conversation around that with, you know, whoever your, your, your professionals are in, in your build. Um, now, I just wanted to get into, uh, I guess, some popular architectural styles because oftentimes people are like I know you know I have a Pinterest thing this is what I want to look like or I want to feel like this on the inside but there's also the sort of the exterior you know look and you know how are we going to integrate maybe like I say an addition into your house and you know all of that kind of thing and we want to be sensitive I think to the to the existing structure but we can also you know have something that's really exciting that's a little bit more dynamic so um, maybe explain a handful of just the more popular architectural styles, if you will, so that people can uh, get a grasp of what that, that looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not really one for styles. So <laughs> um, even, even if somebody, you know, I mean, one of the styles that uh, uh, people sort of quote, like craftsmen or um, uh, more of a more traditional style, you know, it can it can really be combined with something like a modern West Coast modern or more of a brutalist style or, you know, you can really mix and match. And I think that creates something that's a lot more timeless rather than, um, you know, you could put a, a Doric Corinthian column next to like an Ames chair from the 60s and it and it can really work well if you if, if you don't limit yourself to um, to saying, oh, well, now that we have a peak here, we need to put another peak here. You know, you can also put a little box next to the peak or, you know, you can you can really uh, combine those. So I think that opens up a lot of opportunities in, in terms of um, the types of spaces that work, you know, when when, you know, you want a south facing window or you want a, to look to a certain view or look out into a garden or, you know, uh, limiting yourself to a style I think can can inhibit things when you're, you know, when when you think you you need to have columns that all line up or it needs to be symmetrical or, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. So, um, okay, so totally fair. Um, so what? So we we mentioned uh, like we mentioned Craftsman, we mentioned West Coast Modern. Um, so just out of those two, because I know those seem to be fairly popular for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, maybe just hit two or three, maybe, um, I guess, components that really would identify it as a craftsman or identified as a West Coast modern. And then, yeah, we can definitely uh, integrate and twist it and, and really make something interesting when we're renovating. But I think it's good to have people understand that, you know, there, 
here's a style and that, you know, we can jump off from that. So maybe just hit the, like I say, the craftsman and maybe the West Coast modern, just those, just those two. Yeah. Um, well, I guess with the craftsmen people, I, I don't really do much of that, but I think people do a lot of um, big, big fascia boards and uh, sort of wood, wood detailing shingles, um, horizontal siding that, that uh, sort of draws your eye around uh, to, to a certain um, sort of 1940s, 1930s kind of a style. Um, and then you could put, you know, like a nice round gutter on there and, and uh, and some nice big columns up to a, a sort of patio, things like that. Um, and then West, I mean, to me, and then West Coast Modern, to mm -hmm. me, that says like big windows and like larger overhangs, usually just a, an angled or a sloped roof as opposed to a peaked roof. Is that sort of your take of it as well, or maybe I'm off there? Yeah, I mean. Um, it really, really has to do with scale too. Uh, you know, I think in in a craftsman, things are things are generally like about eight foot high, nine foot high ceilings, and you know, um, there's not there's not too much change in things like that. Whereas a West Coast modern, you would you might have like a really low uh, seven foot high entry, and then you pop it up into like a ten foot high or even higher ceiling, and have kind of more dynamic options um, with as you say, the bigger glass and lots of wood, wood detailing and um, yeah, so maybe, let's, maybe let's talk about a little bit of detailing now on maybe on the inside of the house because a lot of people, you know, they don't stand out on the street and look at their houses all that often, but they are definitely inside their, <laughs> their structures looking around. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what I would consider architectural detailing really makes things shine um, as opposed to just a square box that has you know walls and a flat ceiling and all that kind of thing are there do you have any favorite sort of um <laughs> bits of detailing that you know sort of speak to you personally or for some of the, the clients you've been working with i mean i even notice in in your backdrop uh you know we've got a, <laughs> a post back there and you know yeah exposed sort of uh woodwork and you know beautiful wood windows and you know is that like all of those sort of elements really speak to me, but are there others that, um, you know, you could employ to really kind of jazz up a room a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, two windows in a corner, like you say behind me, really creates a neat little space, um, Where whether it's for a desk, I mean, lots of people now needing home offices, um, things like that, or um, uh, little integrated seats, you know, I mean, I think, I think to, to my favorite details are things that can be functional, but maybe can do two things. So yeah. you know, a column that also collects rainwater or a seat that has storage in it that's sort of in a nook in the wall and um, uh, things that, you know, you can use a, a desk that turns into a chair when there's extra people there or, you know, those kinds of things. So um, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of missed opportunities, especially because we have so little space and a lot of projects you know where you can you can use things for more than one function so um you know and a lot of time that that is in the millwork or in in the kind of little corners and trying to use even the space between the studs you know things like that where you can have built-ins you know storage and yeah no i, I love that multifunctional um and yeah. aesthetically pleasing is kind of yeah. like the the shining star of, of design, I think, like the way yeah. you, you can really make it make it all work for on a 
couple of different levels. Yeah. Um, now, is there anything else that um, maybe we should touch on? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like architects also help to um, drive maybe some material choices and, and that kind of thing. Um, maybe speak to that a little bit for me. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I like to be involved all the way through to to the end of projects because you can really follow through with sort of what what starts out as a very big vision of how something relates to a site and the landscape, and then and then use that kind of concept to to create details that are like the wood floor and how it floats to the concrete floor outside, or you know um, the curtains and how they might like open up to the to the garden out, outdoors and create sort of an indoor outdoor type of a thing. So I think, you know, those details um, are, are, are always about materiality, always about the texture and trying to have a really, I mean, there's a real balance between, you know, sort of people get scared of the term modern because they think it's cold and then they get scared of sort of something more traditional because they think it's sort of not forward thinking. So the, so the combo is, is how can you warm up something that might be cold and how can you, you know, uh, create light and space and air in something that might be, you know, all wood. So yeah. there's, so there's sort of, I, I, I really try to do, if I'm going to do a concrete floor, then I try to put, you know, a wood ceiling, or if it's a wood floor, then I try to do a concrete wall, you know, <laughs> that you can. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it basically is, is a layering or a texturing of, That's right, of yeah. elements to really create a cohesive, you know, feel. So it's not just a bland, everyday kind of, you know, I'm not throwing builders under the bus here, but like a builder special, you know, it's yeah. all just super blend and like neutral and like no, no personality, right? Well, and I think it's important to, to, to recognize that each not only each project's different, but each site is really different. Like a lot of people always asking me about, you know, a, a prefabricated things or, you know, container houses and things like that. And and I my response is always, well, you know, that window, you may be staring into someone else's window <laughs> if you just take it, something that, you know, so each one is really a unique, you know, relationship to its site and you can't really, you know, you, you can't really duplicate it even if you wanted to, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, um, you know, just diving into this topic today, I think it, it really exemplifies that, like you say, it said at the top, like it's it's the combination of the science and the art, and then it's it's the creativity that comes into play that really makes a, a space uh, feel and function and, um, you know, it really shine for whoever it is that happens to be, you know, wanting to live there. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there's definitely great value in working with a architectural professional to um, maybe expand uh, the, the limits of what you could potentially do, especially on a larger scale reno. Um, so I think, you know, just having this conversation with you has is, is really cemented that in my mind yet again. So thank you uh, for, for sharing all of that with us. Now, um, if someone wanted to get in, in touch with you, uh, what would be the best way for them to, to go ahead and do that? So our, our website is berwickarchitects.com. Cool. And, uh, and we have an email, info at berwickarchitects. Great. I'll make sure that those, um, those things are in the show notes for everybody. And then before we close out the show, I want to ask you a couple of fun questions, as I always do. Uh, so what would you like to change or renovate in your own home? 
<laughs> well, I'm always, I am always changing it, <laughs> my own no, to that of testing things. And <laughs> so I'm uh, right now I'm working on a little detail for a recessed uh, light that's going to wash a wall, but it's hidden. So it's a, it's a hidden light on a, on a vaulted ceiling. Cool. I'd like so, to see how that yeah. turns out. Um, and the second question is, uh, are you handy? And if so, what is your favorite tool? And if you're not, what do you think, uh, which tool do you think would be the most fun to use? <laughs> well, I just bought a grinder uh, to, to do some concrete work. Um, I would like to invent a tool is the answer. And, and I've always wanted to invent a tool and then have that become the tool that you use to create something that that was new and creative. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have to talk about that further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, again, it's been great having you on the show. And and for those listening, um, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now. <laughs>